Riverhead Books presents Marlon and Jake Read Dead People, a podcast with Marlon James and Jake Morrissey. There is something very rich in tearing a book apart. I don't want to spend my eyeballs on these 300 pages. You really don't have to read any novel, except maybe Moby Dick. I'm stunned hearing you say that. The first book I got was Journal of a Plague Year. The feel-good book of the pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. I know. I'm a reverse size queen when it comes to literature, <laughs> I guess. Okay, I love this more and more. So, hi guys, welcome again to this episode of Marlon and Jake Read Dead People. I'm Marlon James, as I said, and I'm back here with Jake because he's got nothing better to do in New Jersey. Hey! Uh, Fine. He's tearing himself (laughs) away from his multidimensional life across the river (laughs) to condescend to talk to us today. It's the least I can do. You know, especially, what is it, like 96 degrees outside? Yes, this is a day. This is the day when the last thing we need to we want to do is go outside. So this is a perfect chance to sit in air conditioned comfort and basically slander dead people. You just want to just go to or just say to God, God, we're done. We're well done. You can we flipped <laughs> over one side. You can stop right. now. Exactly. Uh, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so you know it's funny. You know, I mean, ultimately, when we read books and we read fiction and nonfiction to an extent, we are we are reading characters that's still the reason why we're here i know that's a disappointment to a lot of people who spent a lot of time working on their imagery or on <laughs> on their fantastic sentences or the way in which they just really nailed chaos theory as they're nailing their prose and they write these books which will never appear in this podcast because they're not about people um and that's the fiction anyway so, you know, it's, it's for me, of course, um, not just as a, as a reader, but as a writer, to me, I know I'm in a zone when the characters have taken control of the book, even when they're writing in third person. Right. Well, let, let, me, let me interrupt you. I, mm-hmm. I, we wanna, we're going to talk about characters here. Right. And, and the characters in the, in the novels that we want to talk about here. And these are, peop- these are creatures that either we respond to in some way we despise we like we want to have a beer with we want to sleep with whatever we happen to do with it mm. but the thing that i the thing that i'm interested in hearing from you almighty writer mm. bef- before we talk about sort of which characters we like when which we hate and which ones we think are worthwhile i want to ask you a question about what do you think? What do you actually think makes an interesting or memorable character? Mm. What is it about, like you know, what is it about somebody that you want to read about that you love or that you can't stand about mm-hmm. people about characters that you don't like to read about? I, you know, what I, I think characters, characters that stay with me are characters that hook me in some way, and I was gonna say characters with depth and characters with with um the capacity for change, and mm-hmm. all of that, and all that is important. But there are a lot of flat characters I love. <laughs> there are a lot of characters who are one dimensional that I love. There are a lot of caricatures that I love. I love Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even being. Oh my god! And I'm not even being that's ironic. The, that's <laughs> the best. That's the best animated bunny I've ever seen. Wait, there are there are others. Well, well, you've got you've got um, you've got Thumper in Bambi. You got a lot of you got a lot of rabbits running around in animation. But I take wow. your point. I was I mean, going to go that. Nobody was actually expecting you to answer that question. 
Wow, the geek, the geek yeah. powers are strong with this one. Yes, exactly. Anyway, exactly. Well, I was actually talking about a character like, say, Mrs. Micawber. Okay, from Dickens. From, from David Copperfield. Yes. Where yes. her entire existence is basically one line, I will never desert Mr. Micawber. <laughs> and there's something about I, her that I, I find absolutely fascinating. So it's not necessarily the deepest or the the characters that the author spends the most time with that I right, find memorable. Right. Um, I right. can tell you a lot of characters who go through an entire book who I never want to see again. Oh, I mean, the list is actually probably there are more characters on that list than the list, than the people that you actually want to spend time I mean, with. But you I, know, I mean, I, I only but, know halfway through Heathcliff and I know I never want to read him again. Okay. Well, we've we've spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about um, um, Wuthering yeah, Heights. Yeah, so that's not good. Not uh, exactly, but but I I would argue that, and this is one of those things that I've spent like way too much time in college, you know, uh, pontificating about. Mm. It seemed to me um, that television is an ideal medium for character. Mm-hmm. No, but nobody tunes in every week to find out, you know. Oh my gosh! Did Ross and Rachel kidnap that alien, or mm-hmm. did Ted Lasso, you know, manage to sh- shave off his mustache? It's about sort of what happens to the characters, and you connect with them or mm-hmm. don't, as the case may be. Something like movie, a film, or whatever is often—I mean, it doesn't always this. It's not always this way. It's often about the story. Yeah, but I also think um, television has it has it cool in the sense that they have anywhere between four and forty episodes. Oh, absolutely. And I think, but, you know, it's, it's, and that's cool. It's, 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 it's also absolutely pathetic if you have 15 episodes and still didn't get your characters right. Well, that's my point, mm-hmm. is that, is that in the characters in a, in a successful television show, I mean, the, the, the characters of Sex in the City, mm. you know, are part of a cultural phenomenon that has nothing to do with, I would argue, what happens in... It ultimately, in the in the, over the seasons or whatever, mm-hmm. but obviously we're we're talk, we're here talking about about yeah. books, and, yeah. and, and you're talking about. I mean, all right, let me all right, let me step back a bit. If you, Marlon James, because you actually are an excellent cook, say you're giving a dinner party, mm-hmm. and you're and you want six people sitting at your dinner table, around uh, including you, so mm-hmm. you can invite five characters from books you've read. Mm-hmm. So you want it to be a good party. You want good conversation, some laughs. Maybe you'll learn something. In other words, you're not looking to turn this into Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, unless you do want to turn it into Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Maybe, but but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that'd be fun. So so who are the who are the characters? Yeah. you invite, and uh, why do you invite well, them? Well, that's tricky. I think I think before I even get to that. There are some other things I wanted to say about character because it, it's, it's tempting with a with a question to just put characters I like, and character and, and and there are lots of memorable characters who I absolutely cannot stand. Um, you know, like say to go back to Dickens, a Bill Sykes. Um, oh my God, I was going to mention him later. You're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, Bill like Sykes. characters yes. I like characters, but also like characters with layers. Characters with they have something to reveal, which is not the same as something to hide. Yes, true. Um, true. You know, I, I like characters for me that at the end of the novel, it's almost as if I'm looking at a different person. Yes, totally. Um, totally. Which is not to say I don't like farce, because we're talking last week um, about importance of being earnest. Yep. A bunch of characters yep. who I totally love and hope to never meet. 
and so, so it's it's again, it's I think it's it's a characters who somehow managed to drag me into their lives, and I'm glad that yes. they have, yeah. even if it's a pretty, even if it's Little Dorrit's life. Okay, I'm a fan of Little Dorrit, mm. um, uh, but I, but I take your point. I mean, mm. well, let me, all right. So so having said that, mm-hmm. so even the characters you don't like, Bill Sykes from Oliver Twist, mm. I would say somebody like um, I can't mention him because he's still alive. But I mean, there are there are sort of yeah, like uh, I, uh, yeah, like a Raskolnikov, for example, from uh, from sorry? Crime and Punishment. Raskolnikov mm-hmm. from Crime and Punishment, right? Um, uh, Ripley. Or even, Absolutely, Ripley, Anna Karenina, mm-hmm. who makes me want to drive rusty nails into my eyeballs. On the other <laughs> hand, I think she's a compelling character. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think? The what do you think makes a memorable character? These people we talk about is it that is it that the author got got their the sort of certain slant mm. about them right? I I don't I, I don't know if, you, if I could figure that out. I'd be a bit of a literature teacher. <laughs> That's literature for you Americans. I I think the the characters. That is harsh. I think the characters who some by some trick which I have yet to figure out fooled me into thinking they're real. So you think a real character? You think somebody who feels real mm-hmm. is is the right? That's the way. Right. Is my but, point. But that doesn't mean necessarily socially realist realism. I'm not right. talking. I'm not talking realism. I'm. To, I'm totally. I totally believe the world of 100 years of solitude. Yeah. I yep. absolutely believe that um, Remedios flew to heaven, and I mm-hmm. absolutely believe that um, after Song of Solomon ended, that if if Milkman actually jumped off, he would have flown. So it's not a matter of of real being realistic. Real being in the sense that they have become these sort of flesh and blood creations in my head. And yep. I now feel like, I don't even feel like I'm reading anymore. I feel like I'm eavesdropping. That's an interesting way of putting it. Because I would have said something like, um, even with one line of Mrs. Micawber, as a, as a successful character to me or a memorable character to me, is somebody I want to always know more about. Mm-hmm. But I'm still satisfied with what I know, yeah. if that makes any That's, sense. That makes perfect sense. So, so I'm interested in the, you know, in the whole thing. I mean, the the um, uh, Lady Dreadlock from Bleak House. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is she a fun date? No. <laughs> is, is she somebody you want to know more about? Hell yes. Mm-hmm. Is, she, is she somebody who is, you know, not a good person? you can make that argument. I mean, mm-hmm. in other words, it's a lot more sort of nuanced. And even the sort of the, the um, uh, you know, kind of the eternal bad guys you mm-hmm. want to know more about. And I think that can be, um, you know, just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean you don't want to know more about them and figure out what's going on mm-hmm. inside them. And I think that's actually a really a neat trick to pull off. Yeah. I can't really, t- I can't talk about um, some of the novels that I've, that I've, of the bad with bad guys in them, you know which ones they are because the authors are still alive. But they manage to figure out, okay, you don't like this person, you will never like this person, mm-hmm. but you can't. You as if I'm if I did my job right, the reader can't look away. Yeah, and won't yeah. want to. And with that, um, of course, with all these lists, I tend to have way too many people on it. Like for a second, like <laughs> there are people, there are people I, I invited and disinvited. Good. Like I good, did invite good, good. Ripley. Then I realized oh, right. that's a terrible idea. 
I was just going to say, I mean, how, I guess really the question is what kind of, what kind of dinner do you want? If you invite well, Ripley. Is, is, is the thing, I mean, it's like, do you want a fun party or an interesting party? Well, exactly. Do you want to be horribly um, psychologically scarred, or do you want to be able to kind of close the door? At well, the end I'm of the psychologically say, scarred, and plus there'd be a body count if you invite Ripley. <laughs> That's true. So, so Ripley, true. Ripley got off the list. Also, cross from the list was Elizabeth Salander. Oh my God! Who was absolutely fascinating, probably really terrible at parties. All right, explain who she is. Lizette Salander, the protagonist of the girl with a dragon tattoo, yeah. the girl who played with fire, and I can't remember the third one. Um, right. But uh, you know, one of one of certainly one of the major fictional creations of the last ten or so years. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And the, the 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 novel series is also an absolute phenomenon. There really has not been a protagonist like her before. There That's been exactly right. Mil- there have been hundreds since. Yes. Um, yes. But there have been. One of the things about, about Girl the Dragon Tattoo that I think works and why it fails with everybody else is that we see a lot of authors, particularly male authors, putting women through un- unbelievable cruelty. Yes. And yes. thinking, but they're kick ass, so it yes. so it works. I'm like, no, it doesn't. And I'm not saying exactly. that girl that try to do works all the time. Um, but it is very interesting in, in, in you know the, the 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 way in which um, she figures things out. That makes her fascinating as a character. But she's off the part. She's not invited. <laughs> because everybody's going to go, there's just this dark cloud of goth over in the corner. And go, yeah, that's Elizabeth. Just, exactly. just go over there exactly. and talk, talk coding. You'll, she'll, she'll unwind. <laughs> um, so who would end up being on my list? Raylan from Pronto. Raylan is from the... Uh, more people know Raylan from the TV series Justified. Okay. Because okay. there is no way I'm having a party without having a cowboy there. <laughs> All right, why? I, I would not have pegged you... For a cowboy well, admirer. You know. I don't have enough time to explain gay fetishes here. Okay. Um, All right. I'm clearly operating yeah, out of the universe but, totally. Well, also because I think because he's... I can't believe I'm about to say he's a straight shooter. <laughs> but I can't believe you're going to say that either. I can't, believe I, I can't believe I just said that. But he is in many ways... But also just because I think he has this really, really sort of, on one hand, rigid, but also flexible idea of good and bad that keeps, gets, it's continually questioned and stretched. And I think he'd have some really, really fascinating stories. I also think he's one of Elmer Leonard's best characters, one of his greatest characters. Um, It's... How he managed to, to take one of the, the sort of lonely man of the law cowboy yep. type and drag him into the 21st century is still quite brilliant. And um, yes. considering all his lines will come from Elmer Leonard, he'll sound fantastic too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned him, Elmer Leonard, because mm. I actually think he, he's a kind of a genius at the i at kind of sort of writing i first learned about him with people like oh my god he writes amazing dialogue Mm -hmm. and actually i'm not convinced of that although he does write fine dialogue or did Mm -hmm. it's that the characters he creates are you know you want to see what kind of weird dusty 
creepy stuff Mm -hmm. they get themselves into and then get out of maybe even not get out of Mm -hmm. in other words you want to to my point earlier you want to sort of know more so that's actually cowboy or no Mm -hmm. that that is a that is a choice that uh that i think sounds terrific yeah second one joe march from little woman oh god okay why her no this is interesting because joe march will go in my list of favorite characters in my least favorite books well, we talked about. I mean, I I know you gave me shit for for liking mm. Little Women back in the day uh-huh. compared to uh, compared to um, Laura Ingalls Wilder books. Mm. But I mean, I like Joe March. I like Little Women. Joe March is not easy. <laughs> well, you want complicated or not? Well, I guess what what kind of part, what kind of dinner you're having here? Honest, no, I'm I mean, trying, I, honestly, I'm getting them confused. Isn't Joe the writer? Yes, she's totally the writer. Yeah, she, I mean, she, yeah. No, I, I mean, my point is that everything was so was was um, so dramatic for her mm-hmm. life. You know, it was, and I grant you, it's you know, it's the time, and it's kind of an amazing um, uh, uh, portrayal of a young woman who wa- a young creative woman who mm. wants to. But if you're sitting, if you're sitting next to um, uh, you know a character from Elmore Leonard, it'll be interesting to hear what kind of what you know what kind of conversation that they both that they both kind of spout as they're talking. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure really I'm gonna get a word in edgeways. <laughs> Honestly. Exactly. All right. Well, that's now. So you like Joe March mm-hmm. because you think she's an interesting, memorable character. You're not a fan of Little Women. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan. I, I, I mean, my favorite version of Little Women will still be the films. Mm-hmm. Particularly the mm-hmm. last one. The, with the, the Greta Gerwig? Yeah. Okay. Because I've not seen that one. I've seen a couple other ones of, of fr- frankly, varying degrees of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think I need... Catherine Hepburn to you know, <laughs> tell tell me on a Saturday matinee sometime that yeah. you know she's really she's really Joe March. Yeah. But but, uh, but I take your point. People are going to start thinking I'm being paid by the Tony Morrison estate because I mention her every episode. <laughs> I really would have invited Sula to this. I don't know if I'm going to spend okay. too much time on that because again, it sounds like every episode I talk about Sula. Okay. But um, because she'd be the firecracker of the the, the party. Totally. totally. You know. Um, also, the dangerous element. You have, I mean, you have a flipping bounty hunter, yet she's the dangerous element. <laughs> That's right. Yes, exactly. I think it would be, it would, you know, it would be, it'd be like if I did a Grace Jones to the party. Kind of oh, thing. that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now, all right. Okay. Now, all right. Let me go back here. So, mm-hmm. so is there a theme to the people you're choosing? In other words, do you think these people will work well together, or are you just interested in what they have to say? I think I'm just interested basis? in what they have to say. Yeah. Okay. Good. So yeah. I'm not sure they get along with each other. Right. But in right. A, I'll be a social glue. Um, who else? <laughs> you are. You are the social glue, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. So, left, left, left field, left field guess. Florentino Ariza. Is it Ariza? I can't remember his name. From Love in the From Time where? of Cholera. Oh my God! I don't. Okay, I don't. I don't remember him. Are you, is is that your judgment on Love in the Time of Cholera? No, it's my, my judgment. It's been a long time since I've read it, and I don't have any. I don't have any sense of I'm what he was like. Pretty sure it's Florentino. Arisa. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Florentino. Because I mean, not just the whole sort of waiting forever for Fermina Daza. But, you know, mm-hmm. he kind of really... This is a definition of the person who's lived life with a tale to tell about it. 
And it would be That's romantic, fun. it would be body, it would be scandalous, it would be outrageous, it'd be a little perverted. <laughs> Can it be a little perverted? Is it is it does it does perversion have degrees? Well, yes, of course. Is it a little bit like, can you, is it, so it's, you can't be, it's not like being pregnant. You're either pregnant or not. You're either perverted or not. Mm, no, oh God, no. Perversions have levels, Jake. <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm learning so You're much. You're learning this so much this episode. You learned about perversions, totally fetishes. I had no idea about straight shooters and cowboys. I'm just I'm telling I'm, you, it's, 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 but I, I also think, you know, in, in some way, I'm trying to think. Post loving the time of cholera, if I've if I've come across such a straight up romantic character since, and I don't oh, think so. Okay, well, romantic in the sense of I mean, I mean, granted that's hard because then we'd be thinking about living writers, and we don't want to talk exactly. about living writers. And I can think of right. maybe one novel, but mm-hmm. a character, the writer is still living, so I don't want to get into that. Yeah, I can't think of any. That's interesting. That's interesting because right. I, I I think you're right, but I also think it's also the kind of the kind of novel that Love in the Time of Cholera is, and mm-hmm. the way it was, and the, and sort of the the sort of the story that was told, if you will. I mm-hmm. mean, I know that's, and I, I mean, and certainly, um, you know, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo is not a romantic novel by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination. Um, but there, but there are aspects of that kind of sense of desire and love achieved mm-hmm. or or not achieved and therefore the the kind of tragedy is that much sweeter if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah um yeah that's interesting so so this is uh, this is actually i would i would um not that you've invited me but i would come to this party oh no, well the fifth one that depends because the person number five is parker from richard uh, stark yes Oh my God! I mean, oh my God! Talk about him a little bit and Richard Stark. Um, well, Richard Stark, of course, is the 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 student of Donald Westlake, who also wrote yes. some pretty fantastic novels as Westlake, um, yes. including Friends of Reddy Coyle. Uh-huh. Um, okay. yes. But Richard Stark, on the Richard is Richard Stark um, persona. He wrote Parker, the the thief with the thief with morals. Well, complicated morals. Complicated at least, morals, right? but but they're still there. <laughs> and and I've always loved the I, you know the, I remember the first time I read a Parker novel, and I can't remember which one it was. Um, the idea of 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 the criminal being the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know the 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 person who is it's it's talk about degrees. We're supposed to talk about degrees of perversion. We also have to talk about degrees of bad. Okay, good, good, yes, <laughs> because, exactly. Because Parker is, you can't escape the fact, Parker is a bad, Parker is the bad guy. Oh, and unapologetically so. Unapologetically the bad guy, and he brings in degrees of worse. Yes. And it reminds <laughs> me once, I was teaching a class, I was teaching creative writing class, and I said to somebody, you know, sometimes depth just means from bad to worse. <laughs> you know, you, you don't necessarily have, everybody, all of your characters don't have to have a good side. They can exactly. have a they can have a monstrous side and a less monstrous side. That's yes. still range. Exactly. <laughs> Lady Macbeth has range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got range, all right, ladies and gentlemen. That's really interesting. Um, I actually, it's interesting you mentioned her too because I'm I think I'm going to bring her up later as well. But yeah. I do I think you're right. Is that there are idea there are degrees of 
there's a spectrum for good. Mm-hmm. In other words, one person does not have to be the entire spectrum yeah. of emotion or personality. And one of the things that Richard Stark does really well that a lot of people fail at is how do you make a story compelling where everybody is bad? Yes. Yes. And I, I, I will say this to you, um, and don't tell anybody, as much as I like Dashiell Hammett, he does that less successfully than I hoped he did. You know, some of the characters in some of his novels are, they're supposed to be various varying degrees of, you know, um, amoral or mm-hmm. bad. or And it it's not all of them work, yeah. and it's a little disappointing when you get this. So somebody like somebody like Parker, it's interesting that you mention him, beca- or start Richard Stark. I mean, mm-hmm. is because you can, he can pull that off no. in a in a genre of or in a category of novel of where it's okay to be bad, but what you're saying is you you're, the kind of gradations of bad mm-hmm. are more. The author's more interested in talking and exploring those than simply saying, here's the good guy who solves the crime right. and puts the bad guy in jail. But that's but so that's the party. So Parker'd probably run off with Sula. Florentina Rizzo <laughs> will say something inappropriate and get slapped by Joe. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get arrested or killed by Raylan at some point. And okay, you know and, and, and I will get one hell of a novel out of it. I mean I was just gonna say you're writing this stuff to, all right, here's this is not like Calvino Sari, I'm coming for your territory. Foot what? Five uh, characters in search of an author? Uh, Pirandello or whatever, that's true. Mm. True. Okay, also, what are you gonna serve? Probably fish. Good. Good. <laughs> that's fine. Any goat? I don't know. I don't think they can handle that. Maybe Florentino. Well, yeah, but uh, Parker could, right? Parker could, probably. You actually can cook. So that's, I mean, mm-hmm. everything that you'll make will be good. Pretty don't, much a, don't yeah, get me wrong. a minute damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Raylan hasn't had a real meal in a while. Well, there's that. True. Yeah, mm. true. All right, well, let me tell you, let me tell you, I, I, yes, I, I, approach, your, this, yours? I approach this slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I chose three women. And mm-hmm. two men, so they'll be the 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 um, uh, uh, that was sort of the the where I ended up, and I was interested in listening. I wanted people to tell me about experiences they've had that I haven't had. Oh, you really and thought it's through? I totally did. This is the Jake Morrissey uh, geekathon here, ladies and gentlemen, and and even weirdly, maybe it's because I haven't. I mean, you've done more traveling during the pandemic than I have, but I was interested in places that I hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. And okay, oh good the lord, Captain one, Nemo is not on your list, is he? <laughs> almost, all, nearly worse, I think. Okay, um, the first person I I had I was on my list was um, was Dante from the Inferno and wow. the Paradiso and the Purgatorio. Because we all um, need a light entertainment. <laughs> exactly. Please tell me, tell me what, tell me what Satan really is like, Dante. So, I mean, also, I'm a big fan of the the Inferno, but I also think that it's it's um, he would be somebody who I would I just think sounds like you know one of the great sort of poetic minds, certainly of the of the of the Western canon. I would mm. be interested in sort of hearing what what he has to say. So, um, I'm trying to remember if it, I mean. 
The Inferno is a lot of things, but funny is not one of them. Oh, no, no. It's not funny. He's no... But the, the thing is, he's there because, of course, he's driven by the desire to, you know, kind of possibly achieve the love of his life, Beatrice, or whatever her name is. And and over the course of the... Over the course of the three... The three kind of epic poems, he gets to heaven. So this is a man who's... You know, this is a man who's seen... Um, who's seen stuff this is you know we we're not going to see the kodak slide carousel from dante this is a man who's seen hell and purgatory in heaven and mm-hmm. sort of bit, talks about anyway it sounds like i mean i've not been to any of those places myself so i would be interested in, in kind I'm of hearing sure gonna, hearing that i need to hear it who other uh, guests are so that no so i know they won't be freaked out <laughs> okay all right um uh one of the women i would like to invite what or have at the whiz is portia from the merchant of venice mm-hmm because she's somebody who basically kind of created a life for herself um, and a world of dominated by men and managed to triumph. Um, uh, I also think she's, um, I think she's, to your point earlier, or maybe may my point, I think she's somebody who I want to know more about her than is on the page mm-hmm. of The Merchant of Venice. Isn't she the one who drops that mate dropping Merchant of Venice that you can get the flesh, but you can't get any of the blood? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, that's the kind of, that's... That's the sort of thing that, you know, that you kind of look for on these legal shows now. It's like, you know, all this, you know, you show up on suits or whatever, and the legal maneuvering is like, oh, yeah, that's what Shakespeare did 500 years ago. Okay, I get it. In other words, you parse the rules so far that malicious compliance comes in and you end up kind of toppling the other's case. So uh, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with Portia. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, another... And then we're going a little, we're going a little, a little wacky here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, lo- I would invite um, Mame Dennis Burnside from Auntie Mame. Oh my God! Yes. Talk yes, about yes, grievous yes. sins against Gator. Imagine it was a straight man who invited Auntie Mame. <laughs> n- there are certain places I will no longer be allowed. <laughs> well, wait. Are you? Are, is the is okay? Forgive my ignorance. Yeah. Is she? A, is she a gay icon? Oh my God! Auntie Mame is a huge gay icon. Okay. Okay. Um, to the point where I think some people just assume that the nephew in in Auntie Mame, even though he has a girlfriend, is gay. But yeah, the, the sort <laughs> of like fabulous auntie who's accepting of everything and everyone. Yes. Um, All right. Now was, you're talking about the movie, right? No, I'm talking Patrick Dennis's book. Right, because the the book, I mean, the book is, I mean, I think the book is very funny. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the Mame herself in the book, at least when I my read of it, is that she's a lot more um, judgmental. Well, yeah, I mean, she's not Rosalind Russell, exactly. Mm-hmm. Who you know is a lot of fun in the movie. I think mm-hmm. the movie's you know uh, uh, a hoot and a holler. Um, but I mean, the idea that you know here's somebody who. Um, you know, is 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 going to live her own life regardless. And mm-hmm. the, at least in the in the novel, she goes all over the place. She obviously gets married, and she marries this rich guy, and they go they go traveling. So my point in all this is that she's got she would have, I think, something interesting to say. Mm-hmm. She might she might be my social glue. Not I, I wouldn't I can't have you at my party, but so but she might be. <laughs> and also, I think the novel, the Patrick Dennis novel, is pretty funny. Yeah, and I would uh, I I think it's um, the movie, of course, is. Um, iconic and uh and i love it too but i think it's um 
I think it's uh, I, anyway. This I'm I'm saying this Mame Dennis from the novel as mm-hmm. opposed to Rosalind Russell. As much as we like Rosalind Russell. All right. So we've got Portia. We've got Mame. We've got Dante. All right. Um, and I'm going to invite George Smiley. Wow. The, the John John Le Carre's character from. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. So we're, so we're going to spend the whole night trying to get him to unwind just to say something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. On the other hand, he's somebody who, you know, at least in the in the Lakari novels, is that he not, he doesn't he he does a lot of listening, but when he does talk, it's worth hearing. It's worth paying attention. Those to. Those can be so, dangerous, though. Well, you know, what, Sorry, going to hell's he, not dangerous. Come no, on, I'm go, just saying you know. he'll be the person who is like. And what do you think, George? I think you're a boring person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what I think doesn't matter. The question is, you know, are you worth actually spending any George time listening Smiley. to? Yes. But what would George he talk Smiley. about? Well, I don't... I mean, I actually think the thing about... Well, or I actually I, think... I'm he, at this party and I go, George, what do you do? <laughs> well, I mean, I do think... Uh, I think George and Dante could talk about, let's see, morality... Um, good and evil, um, you know, what it takes to actually, you know, cr- uh, face a person who is, um, uh, you know, not doing what they should have been doing or paying the price, you know, actions have consequences in the, both in the world and in the afterworld. Um, I, I, I think it could be, I think it could be a more interesting conversation than you, than you are thinking right well, now. Well, thank God you have me to loosen him up. <laughs> That's right. She's she's fun. That meme. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, okay. So we've got George Smiley. We've mm-hmm. got Dante. We've got Mame. We've got Portia. And I think. And you will hate this. And oh, I Lord. and I knew. I knew as soon as I said. Okay. I would. I would invite Lady Glencora Palliser. She's the Duchess of Omnium. <laughs> she's from. She's from the Anthony Trollope novels that I have been no, trying really, to get you to read. No, really, the Patterson novels. The Patterson from the pa- Patterson novels. Yes, she's she's the she's the the she's married to the Duke of Omnium. She's the sort of the main female character, and a lot of the no- a lot of what happens in the in the novels themselves are because of her behavior. Um, uh, you know, she initially starts out, um, she almost runs away with her former lover after being forced to marry, uh, um, uh, Mr. Plantagenet Palliser, and she decides not to in order to save her own reputation and the reputation of her husband. Anyway, so she's kind of, she's kind of lived a life. She and Mame, I can see doing, I can see having a, some interesting conversations, but she's also been a, you know, she's, she's been somebody who over the course of her life has held her own against the men of 19th century um, Victorian England, the politicians, the social people, the, um, mm-hmm. you know, the good guys and the bad guys and has managed to sort of, and she succeeded and failed in, 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 uh, over the course of that time. So, so with, with her, she's somebody who I think, um, would have something interesting to say. So we've got Lady Glencora Palser, Portia, Mame, Dante, and George Smiley. Well, so you're not just so trying to you're not just trying to like get me to read Trollope again. <laughs> again. That's 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 the least that's the worst part of all this that you uh that you that you ever thought of. Well let me okay, let me ask you, how did how did you decide that these were the people you wanted you wanted I mean, to come? honestly, it was, it was literally going through my library and scrolling book spines. And I'm like, oh, I remember you. 
Yeah. Or, oh, I didn't actually want to remember you. That's right. Uh, and, and really, that's how it happened. And also, I mean, I don't know if I thought so much about how they would interact with each other so much as how much of... It, it ties back to what we were saying before. I know these characters to the full extent of the novels, yep. but I want to know more. Yeah, exactly. Good, good. Well, that's that's kind of where I am as well. I mean, I've you know, you know a lot about Dante having gone through, you know, the Inferno and the, the Purgatorio and the Paradiso. And yet I still want to know more about what's, you know, what's going on with this. Look. Anyway, enough about enough about me. All right. I want to I want to switch gears a little bit here. Um, but I want to do um, I want to play a little bit of a game, um, kind of a literary version of kind of fuck Mary kill but I don't I don't want to frame it that way I don't want to I don't want to get in I don't want us to get into trouble um, but I, so what I want to do is is I want I want us to come up with three characters and each of us has to determine which character we would keep which one we'd get rid of forever we'd expunge from the pages of of you know of prose for the rest of our lives and which one we would just ignore which one we just sort of walk by. Um, so to that end, let me let me ask you. Let me ask you because I've I've as you as you can tell, I've thought about this. <laughs> um, all right, when you mentioned when you mentioned Lady Macbeth earlier. Mm-hmm. All right, of these three, which would you keep forever? Which would you would expunge for the for all eternity, never existent? And which one would you ignore? Oph- Ophelia. Lady Macbeth and Goneril. Ooh, good God. Oh my god. Keep expunge ignore. Um I think because she means well and has been just you know, brutalized, exploited by men and then condemned, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep Ophelia. Okay. Because I feel sorry for her. Okay. I am going to expunge Lady Macbeth because I do not trust her. Oh, Wait, you don't trust Lady Macbeth? What could you have been thinking, I, Marlon you know, James? I know. I wouldn't trust her <laughs> if I were Macbeth. I and I'm going to ignore Goneril because it was listening... When I, when, you know, listening to Goneril caused a lot of problems. You're totally right. And on the other hand, if 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 Goneril wasn't involved in the play, I wonder if there would even be a play, if that makes sense. Oh, I don't know if I was going to go on the levels of... Off if we kick, kick them out and have them affect the story, because <laughs> then okay. that's like okay. saying we can't kick out the villains and there is no story. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, do you want to try one of these? Because I have a couple more for you. Um. Hmm. Okay. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. Captain Ahab from Moby Dick. Okay. And Jay Gatsby from Great Gatsby. Okay. Um, I say we. We keep Ahab. We expunge forever. We expunge Hunchback. We keep Ahab. And we and Jay Gatsby is the third. We ignore Gatsby. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I and I hate to do that because these are good ones because he is kind of a kind of a fa- at least to me a fascinating kind of tragic American character. But that's even more so, I think, with capital letters, Ahab. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
uh, hunchback, Quasimodo, is to, yes, fascinating, but I'm I can walk away. Mm-hmm. I can walk away from him. All right, that's interesting. Those are good ones. Yeah, those are good ones. All right, I have another trio for you. Okay, okay. Uh, keep, expunge, ignore. Fitzwilliam Darcy. Oof. Edward Rochester. Oof. Sidney Carton. Wow, that's interesting because my list have. I was gonna shoot you, Darcy, Darcy Heathcliff and Rochester. <laughs> so we're talking who again? Darcy, Darcy, Rochester, and Sydney Carton. Hold on, who's Sydney again? Sydney's from Tale of Two Cities. Ooh. All right. Um, keep Darcy. Yep. For no other reason. I'm trying to not be that because of the TV show. But yes, I'll keep Darcy. He's, he, he came around quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, expunge. I'm going to expunge Sydney. Yep. In fact, I can expunge that novel too. Exactly. Um, and definitely ignore Rochester. Well, I have to say that is exactly how I thought you would... That those those are exactly the choices I thought you would make, but I wondered because you like Jane Eyre, I wondered if you would be if you'd be more apt to embrace Rochester than Darcy. But well, I'm not looking I, at again. I'm looking at these characters as people who are maybe who had. I'm looking at more of if I met them personally. Okay. All right. Good. That. All right. Then. Uh, then I've got. Okay. Have I got another yeah. bit? Another thing for well, you? Right, I, but you, I, no? you go first. Then you all go right. first. Estella from Great Expectations, Lily Bart. And Madame Bovary. Oh, my God. Okay. We expunge from the universe Madame Bovary in five seconds. (laughs) Um, I think we keep Lily Bart and we get rid of Estelle. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I'm Marlon James and I approve this message. I'm not even... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking coming out of the world for a second, how much does that book hurt by not having Estelle in it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. That's a good. That's actually a good question, and and probably a conversation for another time. But that actually is a good question. Is a good question. Uh, here's here's some here's three, three more. Humbert Humbert, mm. Uriah Heep, yeah. the Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Keep the Count of Monte Cristo. Okay. Um, ignore Humbert Humbert, because men like that thrive on audiences. Ooh. That's an excellent reason. Uh, you know, and yeah, just no. Just, just no. Just no. And definitely expunge Uriah Heap. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll give you one if we have time. Um, right. Aslan the lion. Okay. Yep. Wilbur the pig. Okay. And Toto the dog. Okay. All right. Um, All right, we ignore Toto. <laughs> we keep Wilbur, and we expunge Aslan. Wow! So we're... I never, I never bought the Jesus. I never bought the Jesus connection. <laughs> what do you? Wow! Think? You're 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 basically sacrificing Jesus again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wow. Yeah, lion down, pig up is what I said. <laughs> Well, we have to save the pig. I mean, Charlotte <laughs> spent so much time doing it. It's yes, some pig. And 
I will exactly. And if the one thing is, if you had instead of said Wilbur, if you had said Stuart Little. Stuart Little would be the one that was that was expunged forever. We've had this conversation. Oh, again, We've you'd set the rat con- trap for Stuart Little. I would totally set, happily, <laughs> happily set the rat trap. So that's it for this episode. So if you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. And you can follow Riverhead Books on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates on... All of the right of all of the living writers that we publish, who are uh, who uh, you, we also want you to, to pay attention to. And if you have anything you want to say to us, um, you can drop us a line at we read dead people at penguinrandomhouse.com. And we'll have links in the show notes to the books that we've talked about today. So thanks for listening and go read some dead people. Hell, while you're at it, I'm going to throw you guys in the audience three Mrs. Bridge. Mrs. Caliban and Mrs. Bennett. Take that and smoke it. Whoa. (laughs) Bye, guys. Listening to Marlon and Jake means my to-read list gets longer every week. Enter Libro FM. Libro FM lets me purchase audiobooks directly from my favorite local bookstore. I can pick from more than 185,000 titles, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. I get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But I'm part of a different story, one that supports community. And you can be too. Marlon and Jake Read Dead People listeners can get a special offer. Two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership. That's two audiobooks for just $14.99 with the code Marlon and Jake. Visit Libro.fm to get started. Now go read some dead people. Offer only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S.